You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Canes Train Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, episode two of season two. Deuces are wild. Thanks so much for joining us today. And by us, I mean me, um, the, the, uh, the always omniscient us. Who is us? It is always only me. And yet I say we, I say us. There's some other people... Somehow, you know, maybe you're joining us as a family on the Hockey Podcast Network every time you tune into a show, which is all good with me. I'm fine with that. Um, hope you enjoyed the debut of this uh, of this season's episodes on Thursday, last Thursday. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, it was a good one. Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer for ESPN, joined me on that one, and uh, we talked about the season and you know the the drama going on with the renegotiations and I'm realizing right now that I'm likely spitting out you know outdated <laughs> things at this point because like I said in the last episode if you listened I'm on an island right now and I don't mean like right now recording this I mean like at the time you're listening to this unless you're listening to it significantly into the future I'm on an island on my honeymoon not giving a shit about recording podcast episodes so these these three episodes you'll hear the, the last one, this one, and the next one were all recorded one after the other. Boom, boom, boom. Here I go. Um, so kudos to me for sitting down by myself for, uh, it's been over an hour now and banging these out, you know, sounds dirty. It's not, it's fine. And we move on. I want to say one thing, you know, I look at the numbers, um, you know, the network is gracious enough to put us together like a spreadsheet of numbers and, and send it out. And, um, you know, we're in the top 10 of the of all the network shows uh, based on teams in plays, which is awesome. And then subscribers, too, which is really cool because uh, I started this shit from nothing. You know, I have no no one knew who I was that you still don't know who I am. So and that doesn't matter. I don't really even. You know, it's cool if you know who I am, but I don't need you to. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people started their shows in the media. There's a few guys that are part of, you know, um, media teams and, um, you know, organizations like that or people that kind of got a following. And then, dude, I did this shit with no following. And there was no following on me. Nobody, again, my friends. Like, I had me and my friends and my, my dogs, and it's all good. My friends definitely didn't, my friends definitely started listening to the show like a month ago, okay? <laughs> and it's fine. And if that's you, welcome to the team. But what I meant to say was that I do the math between the number of plays we get uh, a month and the number of subscribers, and it doesn't add up, man. There's a lot of y'all just listening consistently and not subscribing. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You know, just subscribe. Subscribe, it comes right to you. It's so convenient. Um, you know, follow the show on Spotify if that's how you're listening. There's a lot of ways to listen to this podcast. You can do it pretty much however you listen to your podcast, but um, definitely subscribe and throw a rating on there, man. I mean, come on. 
I got the senior NHL writer for ESPN. Little organization in the sports world if you didn't know. And you can't throw me a rating. You can't tap a star. I'm doing all this work and you can't tap a star. It's not that much work. I just kind of email people and they're like, yeah, sounds good. And I'm like, cool, here's the link. But anyway, the sentiment stands. Go subscribe if you're not subscribed. I don't understand why you would consistently listen and not subscribe. That's lazy. Don't be lazy. Hey, you, through the screen I'm pointing at here. Don't be lazy. Just, you know, do the show. Also, super confusing. I recorded video stuff, never posted it. Had an episode that was like, yeah, it's the video portion. Where is it? Um, That's because YouTube... uh, Decided to, you know, just like crash on me in the middle of setting everything up. So I was literally posting it. it took like two and two and a half hours to to upload and process the video and stuff. And then it just crashed and everything exited. And I had to start all over again. And I was like, well, don't have the time to do it now. Kind of set aside the four hours of my day to do it when I did it. Um, so the channel isn't set up. And now I'm leaving. I'm gone right now, as I mentioned. So um, it will happen. I have videos to post. <laughs> um, but, you know, right now it's just going to be audio, which is... It's in in the true traditional podcast fashion. So anyway, hope everybody's doing okay. Um, I guess I wanted to spend the first little bit of this episode here kind of reiterating some points from the previous episode because, um, you know, I just wanted to like touch on it a little more and kind of the absurdity of the argument. So if if you're not aware, also maybe this fills you in and, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard about this if you're following, but if you if you haven't been, what Greg and I were talking about last week was, and again, the disclaimer that I'm recording this on December 2nd, okay? So that's when all this is coming out, and it's fresh and it's new. Um, but this week, as you're hearing this, maybe it's not new anymore. But anyway, I just wanted to bring up the sentiment of it, even if it's not super relevant anymore. Um, the ideology is still relevant, I suppose. So the whole deal of everything that was going on was that the so the league and the players obviously um you know we even commended them we were like wow can't believe uh in addition to figuring out the return to play and getting all that ironed out they also you know came to an agreement on a new cba which is awesome um and now we're we're working toward a return to play to start the 2021 season at some point the goal was january 1st that ain't gonna happen um it was not gonna happen for a while but we just pretended it was you know until it was like oh now it's definitely not gonna happen and what just recently happened that Greg and I were talking about last week is that the owners essentially sent out a new proposal to the players, um, which would ask them to front more money, uh, I believe, just in escrow. If you don't know how it works, it's freaking convoluted and complicated. But the gen- the gist of it is, it's really not that complicated, but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that won't make sense to a lot of people. So in the simplest terms possible, the CBA is basically set up to split revenue down the middle, 50-50, players, owners, both taking home 50%, right? So that's how, like, the salary caps, you know, the revenue that goes to the players is set. It's how the revenue that comes back to the owners is set. They're sharing. It's all all, all sorts of stuff. But all you need to know is it's a 50-50 split between the owners of the teams um, and the players, being represented by the Players Association, of course, the union that they all belong to. So... When they make these agreements, they're you know they're renegotiating some of that stuff sometimes, but it's been 50-50 for a little bit. And the way it works is that in order to, and this has been kind of a topic of uh, angst amongst a lot of players, you probably heard people like Jonathan Taves speak out about it and whatnot, but there's an escrow 
involved um, on the players' salaries where um, you know their salary is getting withheld during the year in an escrow account, which you probably know what that is if you're just involved in life and being an adult. Um, I have an escrow account. My mortgage for my house, for my taxes and my insurance and all that sort of stuff, okay? It basically just comes out. They're taking it out. It's not due right now, but they're taking it out to form an account where they're like, this money is for the purpose of paying this, okay? Well, the escrow that the players have taken out is for the purpose of just in case they owe that money later, you know? If it's got to be a 50-50 split, well, if the players end up getting paid their salaries and that ends up being more than 50% of the uh, hockey-related revenue, which a lot of times it is, um, then, you know, they owe money back to the owners, right? So the escrow account is to have an account where all that money is being taken out each paycheck so that if they owe money to the owners, there's the account, the owners take the money from it. If they don't, then that money goes back to the players um, as kind of a little bonus, if you will, I guess, even though it was their money all along. It's like getting your tax refund and people are like, oh, I can't believe I got all this money. Like, it's your money. The government just took it from you and kept it for a, almost a year. Uh, but anyway... That's the situation. So basically what I get from this is that maybe the projections on how things were headed, what the owners thought they'd be operating in in January, February, March um, have changed a lot over the last month with the way this pandemic has been going. You know, it's getting colder. We kind of predicted there might be a second wave that kind of sucked. Um, and it seems like we're kind of there. Uh, there's a lot of spikes in a lot of areas, a lot of Local and state governments are really cracking down and, you know, who knows when we get a new president, what happens, just things change. Nothing political about that statement, just things change. When 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 leadership changes, um, policies change as well. So there's a lot of unknown with, you know, how many people will you be allowed to have in a building together and all that sort of stuff, um, especially since it seems like cases have been spiking lately. There's going to be something done to try to counteract that and that usually just means more regulations on people being around each other. So... Um, what that means is no butts in seats, less, uh, more operating losses for the, um, the owners. You know, I'd almost be at this point, like, imagine if you have 5% occupancy, like, is it even, is it, is it less of a hit to just say nobody can come? Because if you have fans in the stands, not that many of them, it's not a lot of money. The operating cost of, you know, the building and, um, you know, having staff and all that, like, is it worth it? Does the staff have to take a reduced, you know, I mean, like there has to be a point where it's not even worth it to have anyone there, but it doesn't look like there's, you know, the, basically I would assume we'd start the season with no fans and how long that asks that lasts for, I don't know, but it's going to probably be similar to the NFL and that it's very dependent on where the games are being played. But anyway, less revenue up front, right? So the owners are basically going to end up taking a hit, um, also worth knowing that the players did agree to take uh, 72%, I think is the number they agreed upon, of their of their salaries, um, you know, as kind of a, hey, we get it, shit's not great right now, um, we have to take less money, there's less money being made in the league, like we're going to take less money, which I think is right, um, you know, everybody has, to, it's not fun, it sucks, I, I mean, it happened to me in my professional life, like, sometimes you take a freaking hit when the company's not you know, bringing in as much money as it needs to be to, to stay afloat. Um, so if the owners are, you know, drowning in costs, and I use that word, you know, <laughs> not literally because, you know, a lot of these guys can handle the loss, but it's still a loss. Like to pretend like that's not, I'm not trying to sit here and pretend like, 
oh, demonize them because they have a lot of money. Like, I mean, good on you for having money. Um, and a lot of money being taken away sucks no matter how much money you have. Obviously, it sucks more if you have less money. Um, but the, the, the league has now come back with a proposal to basically ask the players to front more money so that they're not taking such a big hit, which is interesting for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons you heard me mention last week, and I don't want to be too repetitive here, but I have to touch on you know the, my thoughts on this if I'm going to make this make any sense. The, the first reason to me that's interesting is something you heard me talk about um, when the return to play was going on and when we were dealing with our team's going to pay their employees for the rest of the season even though it was canceled and that income's being taken away from them. And uh, you saw some teams like basically say that the employees needed to take the hit because the organization was losing money. And it's an interesting thing here, and I definitely see both sides of it, but what's an interesting argument to me is that if money has to get lost, especially on a thing that is understood as a temporary thing, like the league isn't permanently going to have severely reduced fans like trust me the second that you know stuff goes back to quote-unquote normal and we can have as many people as we want like people are gonna be buying tickets it's not like we're stuck in this endless thing but um the second that sorry let me reorganize my thoughts i go off on tangents and i forget what i was talking about in the first place probably makes for a really good podcast to listen to but anyway the point I was making was that it's an interesting philosophy as, you know, the owner of, let's just call it a company, an organization, whatever, but these, these teams are functioning like a company would, okay? A corporation. It's an interesting philosophy for the top of the corporation to say, the business isn't doing well, the employees need to take the hit so that we don't lose money. Like, it's your thing. I, nobody wants to lose money. But if somebody's taking the hit, shouldn't it be the one who also gets the biggest boost? Like, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but when you agree on a player salary, if in two years the league revenue grows like crazy, obviously the escrow thing, you know, comes into account where the players probably aren't giving away as much of their money. But it's not like they get a raise. Like, if... if if, if Sebastian Ajo gets paid eight eight and a half million dollars a year, right, or whatever his salary is in the year that his contract is, what, you get what I'm saying. If he gets paid eight and a half million a year, and in five years, um, you know, the Hurricanes are doing amazing. They're making tons of money. The league's making tons of money. It's grown a lot. New TV deals are all over the place. Like it's huge. It's become a much bigger sport. The league's making way more money. The players don't get the bump from that, but the owners will. Because it's their teams, it's their it's their profit as the owner of that team. If if you know a team goes from never selling out to always selling out, um, the players don't see that extra money. They're getting paid their salaries regardless. Maybe the team has more budget to pay them, but you know whatever. If you already maxed out the salary cap, that's the max, man. So it's odd to me if if you're going to accept all the pros that come with being at the top and getting the extra boost from doing really well which you should i mean it's your thing like it's uh, you're on the hook that's what i'm saying there's got to be a trade if you're going to be on the hook for the losses you should also get to benefit from the the you know the opposite when you're doing really well you should get to benefit and make more but if you're going to benefit and make more 
then you should also be on hook for the losses. You can't have it both ways. You can't benefit and make more when the league's doing better. And then when it's time to take a hit, say, well, no, it's actually my employees that need to take a hit. That's absurd. It's just, it's, you know, however you feel about it. It's just, it's an absurd argument to me. And I'm not saying like, you know, oh, demonize the rich. But like, no, it's not even that. It's just a logically, it doesn't really make sense, right? You can't, it doesn't seem fair at all. Um, so, and oh, life's not fair. Okay, but like, if you're going to negotiate something, it's probably going to, it's probably, people are going to probably want it to be fair to agree to it. So, uh, the other thing that's interesting with this situation is that the league has talked about invoking a force majeure, which is basically, um, you know, oh, this contract doesn't stand anymore because of some extenuating circumstance that was unforeseen. Like it's just a legal term that means, uh, we can, we can kind of, we can do what we want. We can take our, our, we can take our whatever and go home or we can take our ball and go home. That's the phrase I was looking for. Um, with that, which is, you know, okay. If that happens, but to call it an unforeseen circumstance, maybe it's unforeseen that the, it got worse, but like the pandemic isn't unforeseen now. The pandemic was unforeseen in October of 2019. No one knew this was coming. So therefore, if you had something negotiated in October of 2019, and then we're in, you know, November, December of 2020, and you're losing your your ass on your, you know, your investment, then yeah, maybe that makes sense to get out of a contract like that and just say like, we're not, we're shutting it down because we're losing a crazy amount of money. And, you know, I know we have this agreement, but this is, you know, this is a quote act of God. Um, but is it an unforeseen act of God when, you know, it was the act was going on during the negotiations? Like that was the point of the negotiations, was it not? To talk out how you handle life during this pandemic. Wasn't that the whole point of the negotiations? Like, am I wrong? So what's, what's going on there? That doesn't quite make sense to ask for a change. Um, and then the third thing is, does anyone benefit from just shutting it down? Because owners, I get it, you're losing money on the front end, but are you going to pretend that you can't? And this is, again, this is going to make me sound like I'm saying, oh, rich people suck. I'm not saying that. But if I have, you know, if I make $400,000 a year, loaning my buddy 20 bucks, knowing I won't get it back for a year and a half, but knowing I will eventually get back my 20 bucks. I don't even think about it. I'm just like, whatever. If you, if you want it, take it. If it's going to allow me to keep doing what I want to do. Like it's not 20 bucks. It's a lot more than that. It's more like, you know, $10,000. But if you can take the hit, don't you just take the hit and you know, it sucks. You lost some money. Maybe you got to you know, cut back on spending somewhere or lessen some investment in something and, and lose a little bit of money in the short term, but it comes back around in the long term. Don't you just do it because that's your product? Like your pro I know I know that these owners have other ways they're making money, but isn't the goal of owning the team to, you know, be involved in the sport? Like shutting down the sport doesn't doesn't help anything. Shutting down the league for this year not only is a bad look for the league and, you know, probably ends up losing revenue down the road because of that, but isn't it just an odd solution to, well, we don't want to lose money up front. Well, you're going to lose money no matter what if you shut it down. Now now it's definitely not even, yeah, you're not losing money up front, but you're not getting it back either because nobody made money, you know? So like what happens here? 
And it's just, I know that we, we look at these guys as, you know, millionaires, but like, think about the guys on the fringe, man. I mean, think about a, a really good minor league player. They make like what maybe you do listening to this, like, you know, so, um, and they have to travel all over the place and do a bunch of stuff. So, you know, I'm not, they're getting paid to play a game. I'm not saying I feel bad for them at all, because if I could make, you know, my salary or more playing hockey instead of what I do, fuck, I would play hockey for the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? I would Yarmir Yager the shit out of that thing. I'd be like, 40000 a year? Sure, man. I'll fucking play hockey for that. Like, I don't care. 10000 a year, dude. As long as you feed me or something. I'm like, what do I just, you know? You pay for my, my hotel and my fucking food, and I can just spend, you know, I can buy my clothes from fucking wherever. Target. It's fine. I'll live on Target clothes. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's weird. It's a weird. It's a weird strategy. And I just don't think that anyone benefits from not playing. Like, it's in everyone's best interest to find a way to play. And I thought that's what they did when they were negotiating a new CBA in the middle of a pandemic. It just seems like, how did we get here? You know? How did we reach where we are right now? It doesn't really make sense to me. Now, I've spent 20 minutes talking about this. Um, so this is pretty much going to be this week's episode. All right, this... this uh, the Monday episode, um, and I'll try to have at least one guest a week when we do these, um, and obviously I don't have any this week, or I won't, I'm, you know, spoiler alert, Thursday there's not going to be a guest, because again, Thursday's episode is about to get recorded right after the, I end with this episode, and I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, so there it is, you know, look forward to that episode, now it'll be good, I'll make it good somehow, I'll, you know, spend a few minutes thinking about what can I talk about? I'll find something ridiculous to, to talk about for way too long. You know me. But uh, that's what it is. So I guess it just took me 20 minutes to reiterate a lot of my thoughts from last week. But, um, you know, I wanted to get that out. I just feel like it's kind of crazy. But let's let's go from doom and gloom to more of an optimistic look on things here. I, I really think that this the season's going to happen. I think that, if anything, it's more of like a shitty negotiation tactic for the league to to say, well, you know, look, if we if we need to bring lawyers in and shut it down, we can shut it down. Because I don't think they're going to have a legal case to do that when they negotiated in, in the Unforeseen Act. I don't think you can claim the Unforeseen Act when negotiations went on during that. Unless you can prove that it's changed so drastically that no one could have predicted it when every, every you know, doctor advisor epidemiologist was predicting something similar to what's going on right now like if you didn't listen you didn't listen it's you know whatever but that's on you it's not on the world like you can't blame the world for just doing what was gonna happen most likely you have to figure out how to cope with it i thought we did so it just doesn't like just play like they're gonna play they'll play it's just gonna be an annoying negotiation it's gonna be a farther divide between the players and the owners which is cool because for labor going forward you know luckily we just negotiated CBA maybe that helps we forget about it in eight years but um, it's not ideal but at the end of the day I see us playing probably sometime in in February you know it's gonna get pushed because they're gonna have way more it's it's basically like starting over a lot of negotiations now um, and figuring out a date because the CBA is there, but, um, you know, where's the, where's the plan to return? You can't even start that until, you know, one side gives up on basically renegotiating the CBA and calling it not that just cause you say it's not that doesn't mean that that's not exactly what you're asking for. So anyway, um, all right, I'm going to wrap it up. 
I'm already losing my voice. So, um, you know, wish me the best of luck for recording this next episode that you'll hear on Thursday. But thanks so much for listening again. Um, you know, season two, happy to be a part of the network this year. Big things are happening. Amaze Media Labs, um, you know, now has purchased the Hockey Podcast Network, which is fantastic because look them up. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's definitely helped me get a lot of the people I have on the show just by a little bit of credibility. You know, if I can borrow credibility from people who have been in the industry, I will gladly do so and use the resources. And uh, hopefully you're hopefully you're enjoying what I'm putting out here. And if you are, uh, please rate and review, subscribe, all that stuff. It really helps. It really, really helps. Like, if you think that this is good, help me show everyone is the thing. Like, I want to be the best. I'm a competitive person. I want to be the best show in the network. So if you think that this is a good show, help me prove to the other people in the network that it's a good show by boosting the numbers and boosting the ratings. And, you know, when you do that, it goes up in the charts on iTunes. People are more likely to see it. People are more likely to come across it. Follow at Kane's Train Pod and share that stuff. Like, seriously, if you listen to the show, just a, 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 a quick retweet or a, even a like or anything, an engagement of some sort on the post when I post new episodes or, you know, just support throughout the year when, when things get shared on there is so helpful. Like it, you know, you might, you might just think, Oh cool. This is a thing, but then you share it and uh, all the people you follow that maybe didn't see it, wouldn't have seen it before now see it. And maybe a couple people it's, it, it's a exponential thing, right? A couple people that wouldn't have seen it now see it. They follow now they're sharing it for their friends and it just grows. That's how an audience grows. So, um, I can't do it on my own. I need your help to grow this audience. And the more the audience grows, the better the show gets is the thing. Um, I think we've already gotten a lot better in the last couple months by getting some really awesome guests to talk to. It's not just me uh, rambling by myself, but sometimes it's kind of nice to do that throwback episode like this where it's just me alone, just kind of giving you my thoughts. But anyway, um, again, all I can say is thanks for listening. Follow at HockeyPodNet. Follow um, at Pod on Twitter. And uh, I'll see you Thursday. Appreciate you all. Have a good one.